You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. have it, stand to your feet one more time. Hallelujah. Psalm 126, beginning in verse 1. Now who knows, we may actually preach this whole chapter tonight, today. For those of you, and for those of you that were not actually looking in your Bible, each of you probably went, oh Jesus. Uh, but it's only six verses, so hallelujah. So anyway, so 126, beginning in verse 1. So when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Have you ever had a dream? Have you ever had a dream? Verse 2. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then they sang or said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, today for your word. I thank you for your presence that I have felt. And dear God, Lord, it doesn't matter if it's snowy outside. It doesn't matter if the ice is all on the roads at different places. If, if it's cold outside. Dear God, Lord, you're still God of every circumstance. And you can still speak to us and move in our lives in every circumstance. So, Lord Jesus, today, dear God, we thank you for your presence that we've already felt. And we ask, Almighty God, Lord, that this word encourage, bless, strengthen, I pray in the name of Jesus. For dear God, Lord, we are a blessed people. And you have great things for us. We pray in the name of Jesus. We honor you, almighty God. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Before you see it, turn around and tell two or three people. And say, there's a forecast coming. This morning, I want to speak for a few moments on our future forecast. Our future forecast. The weather forecasts have not been particularly particularly nice for us. Past few days. The weather's made it hard to get around and straight up hard to be outside pretty much. It's been downright cold. Before all this weather came in, somebody was telling me, they said, uh, you know, they said that we may get a dusting. And just, just flippantly, I guess it was a day or so before, I I looked at whoever told me and I said, dusting? 
So you better go to the grocery store now. We're going to be snowed in for two or three days. And lo and behold, I, I know. Yeah, exactly. It is, it, it's crazy how that a forecast can be able to, so many people put such stock in these forecasts. How many of y'all remember Dave Brown from Channel 5? Dave Brown, he was, you know, that was the region's, you know, weatherman. That was the guy that everybody, you know, turned to pretty much when, it, when they were talking about forecasting and everything else. And Dave Brown, I remember a story that was told me years ago that there was a farmer that was looking at watching Dave Brown's forecast. And Dave Brown told him that, from what I remember of the story, that it was, if I remember right, that a frost wasn't coming, it was going to be pushed on back, and he kind of pushed off his harvest or whatever it was, and the exact opposite happened. And so this farmer went up to Dave Brown and popped him right in the nose. Now sometimes being a weatherman can be dangerous. Especially when you base your future off of the forecast. Now this morning, I want to share this with you. If you base your life off the forecast as it's 100% correct, here in this part of the country, oh, Lord have mercy, sweet Jesus. you got no idea what's going on. They're talking about it's going to be 60 degrees. It was 2 degrees yesterday, and it's going to be 60 degrees in a couple of days. The devil, is my Lord have mercy. Sinuses going, you wonder why everybody's so sick. Lord have mercy. You're talking about 60 degree swing. Good Lord have mercy. But if you're in a position where that you're trying to base everything off of 100% certainty, off of a weatherman's forecast, your life is going to be spent in such anxiety and such issues. It has been more than one time that we've been pouring concrete out here on the camp because my father, he loves to get stuff done. And sometimes the weatherman does not agree with pastor's timetable, my father's timetable sometimes. And I can remember times that our camp weathermen, back before the time of cell phones, back before the time that you could be able to pull it up and look at the radar, that we would look at David more than one time, our camp weather forecaster, and look at David and say, will you be the cloud whisperer, David? What does the forecast look like? Dave would sit up there and he'd go. It's going to rain before we get done. Is it going to do this? Why? Because David kept up with a lot of stuff like that. David's smart. If you haven't had a chance to be able to talk to him, he's smart. He's intelligent. And I, 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 you know what, and as I, we sit over there, you can be able to look at a lot of things. And you can try to base what you want off of it. Now, brother and sister, can I just be able to share something with you? That if a weatherman can be able to forecast the weather off of a computer simulation, is it okay for me for just a few moments 
to be able to give you a future forecast of what God has for us according to the Word of God. Is that okay for a few moments this morning? Is it okay for us to take Psalm 126 and begin to look at a little bit of a forecast according to the Word of God of what we can expect if we hang on to what God has for us? Our future forecast, we can be able to find in Psalms 26. Understand what begins to happen here beginning in verse 1 through 3. As we read in the text, understand the situation that Israel's in. Okay, Israel's in a place, in verse 1, the reason why they're talking about when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion. What he is really speaking about, and that is this, that here we find Israel in a position that in Psalms 26 speaks about It's a psalm of hope. It's a psalm of of pulling Israel out of a destitute past and being allowed to give them a hope for the future. There's no mention of the writer of this psalm. But what we can say about this writer is this. He was pleased at what he saw God doing. See, most scholars believe that this psalm was written about the time of the prophet Ezra. Okay? We're talking about somewhere around 400 B.C., 400 years before Christ. When the children of Israel were allowed to leave Babylon, you see, they had come into a place that they had sinned against God. Let me just share this with you, brother and sister, just just FYI. If you are in a position where you are constantly sinning against the law of God, recognize this, there will be consequences for that sin. Let me just share this with you very, very quickly. I know in today's society, nobody likes talking about consequences and nobody likes talking about sin. But can I share this with you, brother and sister? We're all about in in the church of 2016, 2017, that we are in a position that we all the time talk about the blessing of the Lord. But the blessing of the Lord comes with the price. That price is obedience. Okay? Whenever we choose to disobey, that choice comes with a price. It's called being cut off from the presence of the Lord. And that deals with us coming to a place that we usually are judged because of those those consequences of our disobedience. This is what had happened to Israel. Israel had been in a place... That they had sinned against God. They had begun to serve other gods. They began to no longer follow the law of God and the ways of the, of, of the, of the former King David. They had completely turned their back on God. And what happened? That God sent prophets, God sent prophets, God sent prophets, God warned them, God tried to bring them into a position. But finally, they come to a position that even as Babylon is being overrun Jerusalem and Babylon is coming against and overpowering Israel, that they even Jeremiah himself is crying out and saying, if you will just repent, God will bring forth the reckoning. And never would repent. Understand something. Do not mistake God's convicting. For God's approval. 
Whenever you get used to something and you're trying to constantly put over conviction and you've gotten to a point that you can be able to live with conviction, brother, you're, you're treading on dangerous territory. Why? Because that's what began to happen to Israel. They began to walk over the convicting power of God. And as they began to walk over even the warnings of the Lord, they mistook the, the grace of God for the actual approval of God. It's okay for them to be able to live in idolatry. It's okay for them to live this way. It's okay to be able to do that. I, you know what? I, it's okay. But do not mistake. Do not mistake the grace of God in dealing with your sin as the approval of God. Understand this. The law of God is still the same. The word of God is still the same. We've come to a position in, a, in, a, in, in this world that we, there's such pressure on the church to be able to water down what the word of God says concerning a lot of different lifestyles. But the word of God is the word of God. Period. End of sentence. Every jot, every tittle has come to a position where it's been established in heaven. It is the truth. It is the life. It is the way. So brother and sister, understand, when you step outside of it, do not mistake the grace of God for God's approval in your life. But then, you know, I haven't been judged yet. Well, you better, you talking like that. Guess what? Why? Because there comes points. But the Lord just says, this is the law of God, walk therein. And if you walk therein, I will bless you, and I will bless you, and I will bless you. But if you choose not to walk in it, then as Deuteronomy chapter 28 says, you will be under a curse. Now what is that curse? That curse is separation from the Lord. Separation from His benefits. But then why isn't things working right? Why do I have no peace? Well, let me first of all, how are you living? That usually works. Oh, Jesus. Listen. Understand something. When the children of Israel have come to a place in Babylon, that they begin to cry out to the Lord, the Lord hears them, and he begins to set in motion something. There was not a political coup. There was not a war that broke out between the Israelites and the Babylonians. The only thing that allowed them to be able to leave Babylon and begin their trip back to their home in Israel and for Israel to be restored and Jerusalem to be restored is just them crying out to God and allowing God to change the heart of a king. Brother, God is still able to manipulate bureaucracies. Come on, Brother Key, say amen to that. God is able even to be able to manipulate insurance companies and everything else. He's able to manipulate all kinds of things whenever we begin to call out to God and we begin to change the way that we live as we've been living against the law of God. And listen to what begins to happen. The Lord begins to move on the king's heart and he begins to change things. Isn't that just like God? God is a God of change. He loves to change things. Now listen to what also begins to happen. Because in 126, this psalm is written after the release of the children of Israel 
and they are on their way to, to the actual home of Israel, that this begins to happen. Notice what is happening here. This psalmist is thanking God for what he has done and also for what he is doing. Understand something. No matter how the hard the road was or is going to be, he is expressing hope in what God is doing and the great things that is about to happen. Understand something that as we are reading this, recognize this, that he is giving praise to God before they even get to Israel. Before God actually restores them and finishes the work, they are already praising Him for what He has done, even if He hasn't done it all yet. Oh, Lord Jesus. Psalms 126 is all about the hope. The hope of what is to come. The hope of a future forecast. It's all about a forecast that allows us to be understand. There is hope even whenever everything looks bad. It's a long trip from Babylon to Israel. It's a long trip from Babylon to Jerusalem. It's a long trip. A lot of bad stuff can happen. A lot of people can be hurt. A lot of sickness can go on. But brother and sister in the middle of this psalmist is writing out, Praise be to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that the captivity, no matter what my future is, I am not where I once was, and God is moving me to something better. My God in heaven. My God in heaven. We walk around so much as, as children of God in a position where it looks like we have been baptized in prune juice and we've been taking communion with lemon juice. We're in a position where we're just... just We got that sour look on our face. Just mm, mm, mm. We wonder why. We, when we ask somebody to come to church with us, I don't understand what's wrong with our church. I just, uh, I don't understand. We just, uh, but would you like to come to church with us? And you wonder why. Oh, my life is just horrible. And all but you like to know Jesus? Why? Well, brother and sister, if that is what happens whenever you are in a position where you're trying to talk about Jesus and your whole disposition, your whole attitude, everything that seeps out of your pores is something of being downtrodden, something of being broken, something of being under the foot of the enemy. Can I just share some with you? There's a reason why you're not effective in your witness to the Lord. Let me just share this with you. There is a hope in Christ that before we ever see it, we know that He is able. Before they even get there, they're praising the Lord for it. Why? Because they recognize in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26. But when Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God 
All things are possible. Mark chapter 9 and verse 23. Jesus said to them, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Mark or Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. My Lord, have mercy. Brother, I understand something. You may not grasp it. You may not understand it. But honey, when I am walking with the Lord and I am following the very law of God, He will be with me. And yeah, I may have come out of captivity. And yes, I may come out of junk. And I may come out of a lifestyle of mess. But blessed be the name of the Lord. There is hope. 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 There's hope in the Lord. My sister, don't look at where you've come from. Don't look at where you've been. Don't look at the situation. Understand something, brothers, and God's got something better for you. There's hope that's forward. You say, Brother Tim, I don't know how to get there. I don't know what tomorrow may hold. Brother and sister, understand something. I do not know what tomorrow may hold. There's things that's before us that, brother, I've asked the Lord, God, help, 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 help. But can I just be able to share some with you? This one thing I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I may not be able to be able to tell you what tomorrow may bring, but I know the one who holds tomorrow, and his name is Jesus. And with God, all things are possible with him. See, that's my forecast. My forecast is Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for the good to those, oh Lord Jesus, who love God and are called according to His purpose. Who are those that love God? The Word of God says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He's not talking about a romantic kind of love. He's not talking about, oh, I just love the Lord. He's talking about a somebody that loves me enough to follow after me and to walk with me and to be with me and to live for me and live according to His Word. Lord, you're going to make me get up on my soapbox, but I, I may have to jump up on my soapbox for just a moment. Let me share something with you, brother. Understand this. This passage of Scripture has been so misquoted so much of the time and misapplied, rather. We quote it right, but we misapplied. Understand the prerequisites of this passage of Scripture. It is not for anybody that just comes to church. It's not for just anybody that knows something about the Lord. The Word of God says, I will make all things work together for the good of those or what? That love God. Brother and sister, understand something. Apply that scripture. It is truth. It is right. But don't blame God when things do not turn out for the best whenever you are not following Him to the best of your ability. Let me just finish. And those who are called according to His purpose. What is he talking about, those that are called? Those that have, because every person here has a purpose. And the Lord just wants you to love him, find your purpose, and go after it. 
Because in that purpose is happiness. In that purpose is fulfillment. In that purpose, there's contentment. In that purpose, there's direction. In that purpose, there's joy. In that purpose, there's fulfillment. In that purpose, there is the power of God that is able to be revealed in your life like nothing else. I love how he finishes off here in Psalms 126 and verse 2 when he says this, Then our mouth was filled with laughter. And our tongue was singing. They haven't even made it there. They haven't even seen the completed work. But they got joy. They got joy. I said, can I share something with you? The same God that pulled you out of the mess is the same God that's able to keep you and put you in the place where He can bless you. It is the same God. He'll work the same way if you will just trust Him. And honey, I'm here to tell you something. Be joyful in the very midst of it. Why? Because our God is a God that can work all things out for our good. He is a God of the impossible. He's God of the restoration. He's God, brother. I love that our mouth was filled with laughter. Let me just share something with you. Sometimes people, it, you know, people years ago, they would make fun of, of Pentecostal folk. And they made fun of them really because of one reason. Uh, they just didn't understand exactly what was going on with them. Can I tell you something, brother and sister? Whenever you begin to get in touch with the Lord, People at different times, they will look at you like. Wow, this is one of those moments. You are still going through something. You haven't seen the end of it. But you've got joy like you've already made it through it. You're going through the hardship. There's stuff that's going on, but yet you're acting like that you're tiptoeing through the tulips. They look at you like, what is what is wrong with you that even in the midst of what you're going through, yet there's something that's holding you together, and yet you even have joy. In the very midst of this time in your life. That you're not broken like you once were broken. You aren't, you're not resorting to the very things that you used to cope with stuff. You're not in a position where you're... Con- Why? Brother and sister, I have found something that I can put my trust in that's greater than a bottle, it's greater than a pill of Xanax. It's better. Oh, Jesus, it's bigger than anything else. It's bigger than me sitting down, opening up the fridge, and popping out some ice cream in the middle of the night when I'm sitting there going, What am I going to do? Why? Because my coping mechanism is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it is. I understand that my hope is in the Lord. So whenever things can go crazy, I can still be able to walk in hope. Why? Because He is my hope. And my future forecast is one of blessing. 
Listen to what he says in Psalm 126 and verse 4. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Hallelujah. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Let me read that, say that again. Those who continually go forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless, look at your neighbor and say doubtless, without a doubt, will come again, what? With rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Oh, Lord Jesus. The NIV and the NLT translate bring back our captives to this. To restore our fortunes. What they had before Babylon came. They're crying out, Lord Jesus. Will you restore what we've had? Let me share this with you. God is a God of restoration. God is a God, brother and sister. That he can restore. But I love this so much because listen to what he says. Whichever version that you like. NLT, NIV, KJV, NK, whatever. Understand this. What the true meaning of that is just this. There is a cry out to God that just says this. Bring back what was taken from me. Bring back what was stolen from me. Restore to me what was broken. Brother and sister, understand, they are now less than what they were. Bad decisions led to sin, and sin has taken its toll on them. They have been in a place of captivity. They have been in a place of brokenness. They have been in a place of separation where they could not serve God as God has instructed them. But blessed be the name of the Lord because the psalmist cries out and says, Restore us, O God, even as the streams in the south. And you may be saying, what in the world does that mean as the streams in the south? The south of Israel is desert. Okay, It connects in with Egypt. A lot of, it's not a wilderness. And when you ever you talk about wilderness, it's not like wilderness here. Okay, we're not talking about woods. Wilderness is usually rocky, sandy expanses where nothing grows. Okay? That's whenever he's talking about wilderness. So you're, Jesus, when he's talking about going to wilderness, when the children of Israel went through the wilderness, is not talking about all trees and bushes and, you know, in Indiana Jones. Cutting through vines and ah, it, no, it is going through where nothing lives. It is rock, it is sand, but mainly rock, and that's it. Realize something. He says, but as streams in the south. You know what begins to happen during growing season and during raining season in Israel? When it begins to rain. The water hits those rocks and it begins to funnel water. And in the midst of rain comes 
wellsprings that just flood and streams come. So what is he saying? God, if you will just rain on me, I'm going to see streams begin to flow. And all of a sudden the wilderness is going to come alive once again with flowers and, and plants. There's going to be water so there will be life. But brother and sister, understand, God is a God and He's crying out to us that God, if you'll just rain on us, you can restore everything that has been taken from us. But brother and sister, you can be going through a dry season and a dark season and you can feel like that you are wandering in the wilderness. But realize this, God is able to restore you by just being in His presence and allowing the rain of the Spirit of God to fall on you, it will bring life to you. And in that life, He begins to give you hope for what is coming tomorrow. Once again, that's the reason why we allow the Spirit of God to move in our worship time. That's why sometimes like today, we've spent almost, uh, you know, 50 minutes or whatever it was, just worshiping the Lord. Why? Because brother and sister understand something. If you can be able to tap in to the presence of the Lord, it's an unleashing that begins to happen in your life that begins to give hope for your tomorrow. Because you recognize that if God is reigning on me now, the God of the impossible... He's going to be with me tomorrow. He's going to spark life and strength for tomorrow. Jesus. God is the God of the future. He's also the God of restoration. He will restore you and bless your future if you will do your part. Listen to what he says in verse 5 and 6. In all these verses, he talks about sowing tears continually goes forth weeping and then bearing seed for sowing. All these phrases deal with some form of action, some form of participation. Understand something. The Lord wants you to sow. If you don't sow, you will never get a harvest. If I don't sow seed of righteousness, Seed of hope. I will never be able to get a harvest back. So if we don't put forth the effort. God can't be able to bless our harvest. So that we have harvest. Oh Lord Jesus. Can I, can I share? Oh Jesus. I don't have time for it. Can I just share this with you? That's why some of us. Have to constantly go around. Asking for everybody else's help in our lives. And our spiritual help. In, uh, during seasons in our life realize this yes the Lord says pray one for another but he also says this pray for yourself nobody else can be able to get your harvest for you you have to get your harvest you have to sow your seed how do I sow that seed mother and sister I sow it according to the word Put that word, start sowing it. Sow it, sow it. Sow it in his presence. Sow it in his presence. Touch, oh Jesus. Listen to this. Understand something. There will be times in your actions in following after the Lord. There will be moments of sowing seed is easy. But there will be other times that you're going to have to weep. 
There are going to be times that you're going to be, that you're going to be hurt. There's going to be times that you're going to be anxious. There's going to be times where you are in a position where you just, you just are broken. But realize what he says, that if you go forth weeping, understand this. In verse 5, he says, continually goes forth weeping. Even though he is weeping, guess what he still does? He still goes. He still acts. He still moves forward. He still puts his hope in the Lord. Brother, just understand something. Even in moments and situations whenever there can be hardship, brother and sister, there can be hope for tomorrow. So understand this, that even when you're going through hardships, understand the Lord is with you. And if you will just go forward and continue to be able to sow and continue to be able to plant seed and continue to move where God is calling you to be, He will bring forth harvest in your life. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 states this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now listen to what he says in verse 9. And let us now not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Paul is echoing the psalmist. When he says in the middle of it, keep on sowing. Keep on sowing into God. Keep on believing. Keep on moving. Keep on living for Him. Even if it gets difficult. Why? Because if you'll keep on God will honor it, and whatever you sow, He will bring forth harvest in your life. So on my darkest days, if I just keep on sowing, guess what? God's going to bring me the harvest. Hallelujah. I'm going to end up on the top. Why? Because I may not be able to see it. I may not know how He's going to do it. But brother and sister, my future forecast is this. For God will make all things work to my good. So this morning, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter your circumstances, no matter your situation, Maybe you're here today and you're one of those seasons of, of just weeping. You're one of those seasons of hardship. You're one of those seasons where things are just not going well. Brother and sister, understand, raise your head up to the heels. Brother, be filled with hope. Be filled with joy. Why? Because the God of the universe, the God of the impossible, the God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that we can even ask or think, He is the God that is working on your behalf. The only thing that I have to do is just take faith. Keep walking. Keep following the Lord. And as I follow Him, he will bring things to pass. My future is one of hope. Why? Because I'm traveling with the God of hope. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today. 
Dear God, I thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Thank you, dear God, that whenever snow may be falling, Lord, ice may come, cold temperatures may come, dear God, you're still God. Dear God, in the midst of hardship, you are still God. In the midst of kids going nuts, Lord God, you're still God. In the midst of bills coming that you just don't want to see, dear God, you're still God. In the midst of problems at home, you're still God. In the midst of problems at work, you're still God. In the midst of issues that just seem too numerous to be able to even begin to even think about, you are still God, and there is hope for me. I may not see, dear God, the finished product right now. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, I will still lift my hands and give you praise. Why?